Good morning, living well. Got some some announcements, which we um, which we'll dive into real quick. Uh, first time visitors, there's a gift for them at the back of the church. We have the LFBI spring enrollment that's available now. Now, if anyone's available to pick up some people from the airport, uh, internationals, please get online and do that. We have a Toronto discovery trip meeting Tuesday, January 18th, before prayer at 6 p.m. in the East Annex. And if my direction is right, that's right here. Um, uh, the, uh, the, the Pearsons um, will join us at 5.30 this Tuesday for a send-off to go back to India. So we can have all our hugs and everything and kisses ready for that. Uh, but the good thing is, although they're going away, that we can still get on the postscript and find that they each had an interview. Absolutely amazing interviews. And, you know, the other day I heard one of the, our, there's, there's another competitor I won't mention that does, uh, the, yeah, broadcast. And they said that they were the only ones that uses scriptures for this and that. So I'm going to send them an email since I've sent them an email before and straighten them out. Anyway, so uh, the next new members class will be Saturday, January 22nd at nine to one in the annex. Lunch is provided. We have a worship night Friday, January 28th at 6.30 in the Meyer building for a whoop-de-doo. Um, the next cost of discipleship meets Saturday, February 5th from 9 to 1 in the annex. Lunch will be served. And there's a connections meeting on February 6th at 12.30 p.m. in the sanctuary for everybody that's currently involved in some capacity in hospitality. Contact your ministry leader if you have any questions. It's still time to give the Mission Focus Conference. We can get online for that. And we can uh, also sign up for one of our 2022 mission trips. Uh, Living Faith Books and Merchandise is still available. We still have our Arabic Fellowship taking place on Saturdays at 10.30 p.m. in the boiler room. Um, uh, a.m. Did I say p.m.? Okay, sorry. Planning to join us, we will yeah. make it PM. Oh, no, yeah. No, no, don't come in the evening. It's it's 10:30 a.m. Saturday. If you're wandering around, there's nobody here. That's a clue. You're not, you know, it's not right. So um my 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 brain knew it, but my lips didn't know. Right. Thanks. Oh, uh, we could still get online for baptisms, and we can also sign up for weekly email updates. Um, if you need a bulletin announcement, you can contact Deb. And also be careful whenever you're um, entering uh, MBT uh, contributions that everything is done correctly because there will rejected transactions require uh, will cost us twenty five to thirty five dollars. So we get online for all those goodies. Uh, Pastor, is there anything else that we uh, we need to pass on? Or? Okay, yeah, Monday night, the 31st is a whoop de doo and that's right here. Bring a snack to share. Be ready to play. All right. Now, do we need knee pads and, and UFC gloves and stuff for this? Or 
Oh, it's not going to be that extreme. Okay. 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 All right. 630. 630. The 31st. Um, um, let's see. Deanna. Where's Deanna? Oh, she's not here. Anyway, she, she had a prayer request. They found a lady laying in the street this morning. And they were they were coming to church and they went another route for some reason. And this lady's just laying in the, in the, in the middle of the street. But her face was warm, so she had just conked out real soon. So uh, a doctor showed up, and I guess a nurse was there right when they were pulling up. So uh, she had a request for prayer for whoever this lady is. Um, Woggy's going to be uh, taking over here in a moment. And um, once again, um, I can't uh, mention enough, Doug and, and uh, Bethany, thank you for blessing us with your time here. Uh, really enjoyed having Doug make many appearances at our Bible study. Uh, once again, if you find yourself somewhere and you can listen to it, their podcasts, they were amazing, as all of those are. Okay, so let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for our uh, more sure word that we have, Lord. We pray that that uh, you be with our pastor as he gives us some scriptures uh, to explain to us. We pray that we will that we will uh, take the, these learnings and walk here differently than when we came in. That we will bring honor and glory to your name, Father, and that we will walk more in the light as the Lord is in the light. Pray for the lady in the street, whoever she was. We pray for her salvation, actually. And also, we want to, to lift up Doug and Bethany, Lord. We want to pray that, um, that they have safe travels and that they be fruitful as they're over there in India and as they walk in the light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah, I'm not going to... Uh, uh preach or teach today, I just would like to review with you something from the last week. Uh, last week, we talked about the stability of, do you remember? Spirit, soul, and body. And uh, uh, what is, how can I know uh, I have a stability in my three parts or not? So the healthy body, we have a doctor here, there is what we call range of normality for temperature. So the temperature of your body is from uh, Celsius 37 plus or minus very, very little. Is that right? Uh, if it is high, it means your body is not stable. The temperature outside doesn't mean anything. If your body is stable and healthy, uh, you can just stay in a very cold weather. And your body is still 37 Celsius. You, you see the situation? Okay, my soul, my emotion, uh, uh, my, my mind and my will, what is the measure of stability? Uh, okay, let's say I, one example, I lose my money in, in my business. If there is a stability, 
for sure I will be sorry for, for 100%. I, I lost my money. I lost my business. Okay, if uh, my partner, my spouse died, for sure I will be sorry. For sure, 100%. But my sorrow, if will continue more than 40 days, uh, two months max, yeah, uh, the, the issue is I, I saw people just grieving for 15 years. There is no stability in them. I, I will get over 30 days or 40 days or two months and to continue life is still remember my spouse. I can speak about my father, uh, my mom. I joke in my mom's funeral. And one of the Muslims told me, I never forget this funeral how faith you have in God and uh, your, your stability, even while you are sharing. So, spiritual. So this is the stability of your body, stability of your soul. What is the stability of your spirit? Now, I have a problem with, what's your name? <laughs> I have a problem with my brother's cup. If I am, have a stability in my spirit, I just run to the Bible and to go to my brother and talk with him and apply what I learned from the Bible to this problem. He did not, you know, agree with me. Then run to my brother. Would you come with me? I love Scott, but we have something between us. It means I am stable in my spirit. And also, if you are stable in your spirit, you know the end of the story. You know that your life is, it is just a temporary problems. I am facing problems, but I know the end of the story. How many of you watch a movie and expect a different ending when he will see it? or watch it second or third time. Uh, you see the issue? Yeah, I know the end of the story. I know there is, uh, we will hear today, Pastor Best will teach us for the future. So if I am mature, stable in the spirit, I know this. So I can forgive my brother. I can serve my sister. I can, you know, give the missions. I can pray for this couple in India and uh, support them, I know the end of the story. There is a stabi stability in my spirit. And this is the introduction for Pastor Best to continue in the series. We are going in First John. All right. Thank you. That's really good. If we don't have that stability, then you're constantly being um, controlled by your circumstances in a dark and dying world. Constant disappointment. That's no way to live. But yeah, so that I wonder if that message got posted online. Did anyone look at that? So if you didn't listen to it, sounds like we should, right? So praise the Lord. Okay, First John, we, we do want to be in, in, in the book of First John. Again, we're about to wrap up this book, you guys.
Um, here's our Bible studies throughout the metro. We're looking at maybe we could do one up here somewhere, right? We're trying to figure out if that's what we're supposed to do. So, I, you know, last week I was in main service. Um, who was here last week and heard that? Basically just laying out the church's missions opportunities in light of this is how, this is what the body's doing. So the members of the body ought to just sign up to do what the body's doing. That's, that's what makes sense. And you could catch that. But two weeks ago, when I was in here, we were working through 1 Peter chapter 5. Sorry, 1 John. Lord help us. Okay. 1 John chapter 5. Um, and and we, we looked at verses... 14 and 15. And what we saw was we know God's will for the lost. We know God's will for the saved. We know God's will for the church. How do we know that? How do you, how would anybody know that anyway? How do you know God's will? The Bible. We have God's word. We really do have God's word. It's not man's word written down by a, a council of scholars and theologians back at some date, which no one can remember, and some council that nobody cares about. It's actually God's word that he wrote so that we would know his will and we would know how to live. So because we know God's will, because we have God's word, we can find our place in his will. Okay, so I can just sign up to do something that is according to his word and according to his will and Here's the confidence I have, according to the verses that we covered last time I preached, was if you do that, you don't have to ask if God is with you. Because you're with him. Right? If I'm walking down the street and Christine comes and starts walking with me, she doesn't have to wonder if I'm walking with her. Because she's walking with me. Like, like, so God's walking down the street. I want to walk with God. I just go do what he's doing and I'm with him. So I don't have to wonder if he's with me. And this is what the verse says. If we ask according to his will, he gives us what we ask for. We can have confidence in that. So that, that was the message last time. <clears throat> but now we're in 1 John chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. Look at these verses. This is what we call a difficult passage. You guys scared? Are you guys okay going looking at a difficult passage? Xander, you're looking a little scared. Are you okay if we cover a difficult passage today? You'll see. Okay. All right. If any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. Difficult passage. There's a sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. If you pray for those that sin not unto death, God will give them life. Well, why do they need life if it's a sin not unto death? Okay, but then there is a sin unto death. Don't pray for what? <laughs> the whole thing is just like, Wait a minute, what is this talking about? Okay, before we tackle 
a difficult passage, we want to understand a couple things. Number one. Uh, okay, I didn't put that on there. Okay, now this is these are your first two. two oh, I, I see. I just underlined it. Never mind. We're good. Okay. You don't have to fill in the blanks. It's already filled in. Number one, do not despair or divide over a difficult passage. That is possible to do. So let's just say you, you, you live by the river and um, in the mornings you like to read your Bible, but then you like to walk up to the bridge over the river and there's a bench on the edge there on the pathway on the side of the bridge and you just sit on that bench like that bridge over Jefferson City, you know, we ride our bikes across that. You could sit on that, just watch the water go by and meditate on God's word. And so one morning you get up and you've been reading 1 John chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, and you walk up and the sun's rising and you're going to sit on that bench and you look and there's, I'm looking, there's this guy on the bench. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. well, you know, sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I like to come and sit on this, you know, come to this bridge and sit on this bench in the mornings. And the guy goes, me too. I'm like, well, yeah, I just, I, I like to just come up here and I've been reading the word of God and I just like to come up here and meditate on it. The guy goes, me too. I said, really? Because most people don't care about the word of God. But I started going to this Baptist church. He goes, me too. It's like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I'm I'm part of a yeah, okay. Like I'm part of this Bible study, and, and we've been studying the Bible. He goes, Me too. No way. Okay, this is amazing. I'm saved, born again, Bible believer. And the guy goes, Me too. It's like that's amazing. And I actually pray to God according to the word of God. He goes, me too. It's amazing. And I just want to glorify God with my life. Me too. And we're just now like, like excited. And I just throw this out there. I'm like, you know, I'm just really, I come up here and I see that sunrise in the east. And it reminds me of the east gate of Jerusalem that what Christ is going to return. I just watch that sunrise and I think about his return. He goes, I'm like, wait a minute. Don't tell me you're pre-trib. And your eschatology, he goes, yes. He goes, are you dispensational? <laughs> yes. And, and we just like, we're, we're about to have a party on the bridge. It's like, oh my goodness, our church, we're all about discipleship. He goes, me too. I said, well, this morning I was reading 1 John chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. He goes, no way. <laughs> me too. <laughs> and then he says, here's what I think. I think that that passage is talking about backslidden believers in the church. I'm like, heretic! And I just throw them off the bridge. No, because we're going to divide over a difficult passage? Really? No, 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 no. Listen, difficult passages are difficult. Don't despair if you read this and have no clue about what it means. Most people don't. Don't divide over it with people. Okay, so difficult passages, if they weren't difficult, we wouldn't have to worry about them. But, but okay, so that's a trap to divide over or despair over difficult passages. And there's one more. You have to write this down. I didn't put this in your notes. Don't get overly distracted by the, the difficult part of that. And we're going to cover that today because that's also very 
possible. Okay, now, the first rule of Bible study is context. So we're going to figure out what this passage means. It's, it's not like it's rocket science. We just have to have a proper contextual understanding about what it's talking about. And that's why I put this little timeline in your chart. So the timeline doesn't start in eternity past. It just starts with Christ, you know, at his, at his first coming, kind of, the time of the Gospels there. And it goes through toward eternity future. But that that first little section there between the first vertical line and the cross where I have John 1.11 written, okay? John 1.11, that's when Jesus came. Jesus came to his own. Who's that talking about? The Jews. And his own received him not. So if you look at your, at your timeline on your handout, you'll see that that little section, that's when Jesus came to his own and his own received him not. So Jesus went to the cross right? You guys know the story. Okay. After that, John 1, 12, but as many as received him, that's you, okay? As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so that's what's going on in this timeline. You have Jesus came to his own, his own received him, not the cross, but as many as received him, we are given the power to become the sons of God by simply believing in him. And so that's what we have. Now, the early church segment on your handout where we've got that little circle drawn. Okay, here's what we need to do to properly understand the context is we need to look at that time frame because he came to his own and his own received him not. The... Israel had another chance to receive their Messiah after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And you would read in the first, you know, first eight to 10, 12, 13 chapters of the book of Acts. And what you'll see is it's Jewish. It's Jewish. It's Jewish. It's all Jewish until about Acts chapter eight. And then you see some things happen where the Gentiles are now getting saved. And that's a new weird thing. And then finally, if you look in your handout, Acts chapter 13, verse 46 says, okay, so, so this is Paul. They're going, they're going to the Jews. So they would always go to the synagogue and they would preach Christ. Okay. Preach the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus Christ. But here's finally, the Jews kept rejecting their Messiah. Okay, not all of them, right? But as a whole, the Jews rejected their Messiah. And then we get Acts 13, 46. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, speaking to the, the Israelites. But seeing ye have put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. And there is one of the transitions. There's seven, you know, definite transitions through the book of Acts. But one of the transitions in the book of Acts is this. It goes from being a Jewish thing to being a Gentile thing. Okay. So the reason I put this in your handout and the reason I described this early church time in which Israel could have still received from Messiah is because the general epistles. Hebrews, James, 
first, second Peter, first, second, third John, and Jude, those books, what those books teach was early church doctrine. Because they still could have received their Messiah. Christ could have come, set up the kingdom of heaven right there out of Jerusalem and ruled and reigned from a throne. Okay, this the 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 general epistles, which are Hebrew in nature, would have been what everybody what was would, would have been following. It would have been their doctrinal treaties. Okay. The general epistles teachings were doctrine for the early church until it switched and became a Gentile thing, became a, the church age, okay? It transitioned from Jew to Gentile. And then the general epistles are going to be doctrine for the tribulation saints. The church age actually had a beginning. The church age actually has an end. And that's why your Bible is laid out like it is. Jesus came. Hey, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He, he died he was buried, he resurrected, and the Holy Spirit came down. That's the book of Acts. And it was a Jewish thing, but then it transitions to a Gentile thing. What do we have next? The Pauline epistles from Roman to Philemon. What the church is supposed to be like. But then the church age ends and it goes back. And Hebrews is the doctrinal dissertation for the tribulation saints, just like Romans is for the church age. Well, then what? Well, then the end of all things, the great reveal. Christ is actually revealed for who he is. That's the book of Revelation. Four different views of the tribulation, just like there's four views of his first coming. There's four views of his second coming throughout the book of Revelation. Okay, so reading the general epistles, there will be differences doctrinally in the general epistles than you will see in the Pauline epistles. Now, most of the time, they don't really affect what we believe. God is who he is. But there are differences in how to be saved in the tribulation than there are in the church age. Did you know that? We live in the age of grace. Hey, listen, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you will be born again and sealed again until, until, until the day of redemption. Can't lose it because you didn't earn it. But in the tribulation, it's too late. To just say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. No, now it goes back to being this more of a Hebrew Jewish thing, and there's different rules. So the passage today, what is the sin that's unto death? Well, there was a sin unto death in the early church age when Jesus was, was still there, and, and immediately after that, when the Jews recall who were witnesses of his miracles. There, there, there's also a sin unto death in the time of tribulation. There's not a sin to death for you and me. Okay, so anyway, let's, we're just going to look at this doctrinally. Now, it helps to understand the church age as a mystery or the church age as being parenthetical. Here's what 1 Corinthians 2, 7 says, and I absolutely love this verse. Okay, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So a mystery is something in scripture which was concealed but is now revealed. So Paul is revealing the mystery of the church age to the church. He says, which none of the princes of this world knew. The devil and his devils, they didn't know about this. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They, what a party hell must have had the day Christ was crucified. And then he just comes. 
busting up out of the grave, conquering sin, conquering death, destroying the enemy's most powerful weapons. He's just like, yeah, how you like me now? Oh, by the way, by the way, you are a defeated foe. Oh my goodness, they, they didn't know. They were tricked. I just love that. In the cosmic chess match, God just took their queen. He took their best, he just destroyed them. It's over, game over. They're just, we're just playing out the rest of it right now. Okay, all right, so it's a mystery. The church age was a mystery. They didn't see it coming. Has a beginning, has an end. And so we need to understand contextually that the, that the general epistles, they, their doctrine for the early church, their doctrine for the tribulation saints. But during the church age, if we see differences between what is taught in these books and what's taught in the Pauline epistles, it doesn't mess us up. We understand why. Oh, yeah, that's because it's different then. Okay, so doctrinally, that's one thing we need to understand. Now, Mitch talked about historical doctrinal and personal applications. So I don't actually have to teach that as much as I was going to. I'll just say this, though. You know, not all scripture. Okay, all scripture is for us. Okay, that's what 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture, all of it. I mean, don't go, not the maps, but everything on inside of the maps. Okay is given by inspiration of God, it's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that we may be perfect, complete. That's not sinless perfection. That's mature. Truly furnished unto all good works. That means, okay, if, if you're truly furnished unto all good works through your study and application of God's word, it means whatever the church needs, you could do it. Hey, we need someone to teach. Okay. Hey, we need someone to evangelize. Okay. Need someone to disciple. Okay. We need someone to write some things, develop some content. Okay. We need someone to pray. Okay. Hey, I need someone to lead a Bible study. Okay. I can do all that stuff. Why? Because I, I know what the Bible says. I, just, I can just go tell people that. I can just go pray with people because I know who I'm praying to. I can, I can just go. Does that make sense? It's not sinless perfection. We're never going to get there. Okay. We don't even know all the rules. Can't help but break them sometimes, but we can be ready to do whatever God needs. That's what the Bible's for. So it's all for us, but it's not all to us. Okay, so, so it would be like this. You guys know, we've already studied 1 John 1, 4. These things write I unto you, that your joy may be full. That's why John wrote this book, that your joy may be full. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the... That's why I'm writing unto you, John says. It'd be like a father or a mother and, and you have kids and, and you just want to invite them. So you write them a letter. Hey, this is dad. This is mom. I, I just want to write this letter to you to let you know how much I love you. That's why I'm writing unto you. And, and, I, and in your letter, you give great promises. And, and you, you extend a great invitation to your kids to come and partake of whatever it is. You've got a lot of stuff. You write this letter. Why? Because I want to have increased level of fellowship with you. 
because I love you and you, you, you give them a great invitation and, and in your letter itself, you say, hey, this letter that I'm writing unto you is your ticket, it's your validation, it's your proof that what I have is yours. And these are the promises that I'm giving unto you. Maybe you have to imagine your dad wrote that letter to you, or maybe you're a parent and you write that letter to your kids and then all your kids get together or you get together with your siblings and my father's just waiting for your response. Like I could picture that as a dad, like we're just waiting to see how our kids respond. And they get out their magnifying glass. And then they go to the bookshelf and get out a, a book on the science of textual criticism. They start studying the letter you wrote with their magnifying glass. And then they go and they look up the science of textual criticism. They start looking at the letter you wrote to try to ascertain what you really meant when you said, I really want to be with you. Writing this letter because I want you to know that. And they're studying out what you really meant by that. Hey, listen, we need to understand the culture that dad grew up in to really understand the author's original intent. And the father's just waiting. And the kids are just fighting, dividing over what you really meant. Oh, my goodness. Okay, how do we avoid? Okay, listen, we have to rightly divide the word of truth. We have to study God's word. Here's the key. You ready? It is in the devotional application of scripture. There is a historical application of scripture, and we have to understand context or we can't understand this verse. There is a doctrinal application of scripture. We have to know what to believe and what we can put our confidence in. But to avoid the trap of getting distracted or despairing or dividing, when we read the general epistles, we should just read it from a devotional aspect. What are the principles and the patterns that God is showing us? Because this is why he's writing unto you. Does that make sense? Okay, so you guys understand that historical? That's like what happened? It's history, human history being described. Doctrinal, that is what we need to believe. And then, but devotional or personal or inspirational is this, this application in which just like, well, God, what are you showing me and what should I do in response to that? Okay, so we, we, we kind of already got out our magnifying glasses. We looked at our timetable. We understand contextually and doctrinally what that's looking at. But listen, my leading for us today as a class is we're going to look at this devotionally and not get distracted by this other stuff. Okay. 1 Corinthians 10, 11, speaking of Moses and the nation of Israel and all that stuff and all those good stories in the wilderness with the snakes and the and, the, and the, the poles and the rock and the water and the murmuring and all the stuff they went through. Paul's like, oh, by the way, that was written for samples to you so that you wouldn't live like they lived. We're supposed to look at that and get personal devotional instruction. It was written for us that we might learn what to do and what not to do. Not to go back and get out our textual criticism textbooks not to argue about the dating and the authorship and 
all that nonsense. We're just supposed to look at it and receive something from it. So we can do that today. But first, okay, so let's figure out what this actually means. Look, look at the word. If any man see his brother sin a sin unto death, or sorry, sin a sin not unto death, he shall ask and he'll give him life for them. Okay, so listen, this isn't just sort of a shotgun prayer. Well, God, you know, anybody out there, anywhere who did anything who needs to be right. I, no, this is like, I saw Aaron push that lady over in the street today. That was so bad. That's how that lady ended up in the street. I saw a brother sin a sin, not unto death. She wasn't in the crosswalk. <laughs> okay. I would be like, oh, Lord. Help my brother who just sent a sin not in. Does that make sense? Okay. In the time, that's what that's that's what that's described. It's not just Aaron wouldn't do that, but in the time of tribulation, the Jewish believers have the authority as the stewards of that time frame to pray and move God on behalf of the body of Christ on the earth at the time. Does that make sense? Okay, they can pray and God will say, yeah, I, I will hear your prayers. You are my people. So it'd be like when Moses, who was the steward of his age, was praying and God's like, okay, Moses, I'll listen to your prayers, right? So God hears and answers prayer when we pray according to his mm -hmm. word, but they're specific prayers. So what is the sin unto death? Okay. The sin unto death in the early church, we find that in Mark chapter 3. Jesus is doing miracles. They cannot deny the fact that the lame are walking, the blind can see, the deaf can hear. They cannot, they cannot deny the fact that the sick are healed, that the hand is now made whole. They absolutely cannot deny the miracles. And so what they do is they say, listen, all the haters, all the naysayers, they say, well, he's doing that by the power of Beelzebub. It's the devil who's healing those people. Okay, here's Christ's response. Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemies wherewith soever they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness but is in danger of eternal damnation because they said he hath an unclean spirit. So when they deny that Jesus is doing the miracles because he is the promised Messiah that Isaiah said was going to come and heal the blind and, you know, I mean, make the blind to see and heal the brokenhearted and do all that stuff. Okay. If you say Jesus is the devil and I say, oh, please forgive Lois and give her eternal life. God's like, man, no. You can't say Jesus is the devil and then receive eternal life because someone prayed for you. The only way, you got to repent. That is a sin unto death. Does that make sense? It is the will of God that all would come to repentance, but we come to repentance through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. So someone who rejects the way does not get forgiveness no matter how hard we pray until they stop rejecting. Jesus. Does that make sense? That's why this is a sin unto death. 
They saw the miracles and they rejected the miracles. By the way, that's why Jesus was doing the miracles. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 20. Brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be children, but in understanding be men. Let's grow up and let's understand appropriately. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. Yet for all that they will not hear me, saith the Lord. Wherefore tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. And then he goes on and talks about preaching, but prophesying, preaching, serveth not for them that believe, not for them that believe. In 1 Corinthians, the church was really focused on the manifestation of spiritual gifts. They were so excited about the manifestation of spiritual gifts, they kind of forgot the reason for the spiritual gifts. Okay, but, but Paul's saying, look, you've got to understand that these supernatural manifestations are a sign. And the sign is for the Jews, but it was already prophesied that they were going to see those signs and still not acknowledge them. They still won't hear. They'll, they'll hear people speaking in other tongues, and they'll see that miracle, but they'll deny the purpose of it. It was prophesied that Israel was going to reject their Messiah, despite the fact that he did sign. That's why Jesus at different times said, yeah, there's not going to be any sign for you. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. That made sense in my mind as I prepared that. Okay, in the early church, there was a sin unto death. In the time of tribulation, there is a sin unto death. What is that? What's a sin unto death in the time of tribulation? Take the mark of the beast. Grandma always said, don't take the mark of the beast, right? Everybody knows you don't take the mark of the beast, even if you're not a Christian, right? Well, that, that's because Revelation 14, okay? And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Don't take the mark. If I see Scott take the mark, I'm like, Scott took the mark. Oh, God, please give him life. God's going to be like, no, he took the mark. It is written, don't take the mark. But if you see someone sin a sin unto death, you can't undo that through prayer. Okay, all of this goes back to verse seven um, to verse fifteen. Verse First John five fourteen and fifteen. This is the confidence we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we desired of Him. Okay, I see someone. I see Scott sin a sin unto death. And I ask for life. I was like, no, it has to be according to my will. Does that make sense? So there is a sin unto death in the early church. There's a sin unto death in the tribulation. For us as believers, there isn't a sin unto death unless you want to count physical death. First Corinthians 11, there are some believers who actually died. They were sick and died physical death because they did not properly appreciate the body of Christ. You can read about that. But that's not what this is talking about. To not pray for that person would be kind of ridiculous. Like, 
That's this is talking about spiritual death in the times of tribulation in the early church. Okay, so we know that all unrighteousness is sin. There is there there there. That's what this is talking about. Taking the mark of the beast. There's no coming back from that. You you won't be forgiven for that. Denying Christ. So we can deny Christ and there is that's the church the church this is a really really good question the question is well what if you're saved and then you find yourself in the tribulation and someone takes the mark of the beast okay is that possible no the church age had a beginning the church age has an end at the time of the rapture when christ comes back to receive the church okay Everybody who's saved and, and the kids, okay, who aren't at an age of accountability, okay, they're not guilty of sin. They've all sinned. We all have a sin nature, but they're not old enough to understand. A child who, who does a crime isn't convicted of that crime because they don't understand, okay? They're all raptured out. Then the time of tribulation begins and the rules are different. He that shall endure till the end shall be saved. Don't take the mark of the beast. Endure till the end. Don't worship the image. Get your head cut off. They're gonna, there's, there, it is different in the time of tribulation. Okay, so the church, we don't go through the tribulation. The wrath of God is not for his bride, the body of Christ. So it's a really good question. And all these people that are prepping and they got their, you know, they got their ARs and they're not, nothing wrong with that. You know, they're building bunkers and they're, well, you know, as long as you understand, we're not going through the tribulation. We're looking for Christ's return is what we're to be looking for. We're not supposed to be looking for the Antichrist. We're supposed to be looking for Christ's return. Okay. So anyway, excellent question. So for us, the only unforgivable sin is to just reject Jesus Christ, you know, but you can't lose your salvation because you didn't earn your salvation, but good question. Okay, so yeah, you just die in your natural state and you just have to pay the penalty for your sin. So your sins weren't forgiven because you didn't accept the payment that was paying for them you rejected the forgiveness of god through christ so you just have to answer for your own sin someone has to die for my sin the wages of sin is death either i'm gonna die for my sin spiritually speaking and be separated from god for all eternity or i accept the payment of christ who died for my sin that's what you want to do that's what you want to do it was a power whisper thing it was a it was a <laughs> thought you were helpful but not helpful at all okay does this all make sense you guys okay here's where i don't want us to get distracted by the doctrinal i want you to appreciate the doctrinal aspects of this but you guys, okay, here's the key point. I'll just get right into it so that we can get into our quiet time. I mean, our uh, 
Small group time. Okay. Here's key point. There is a priesthood of believers. There is a priesthood of believers, meaning that believers have a priestly role. What does a priest do religiously? Well, they take the things of the people and they take them to God. And then they take the things of God and they bring them to the people. That's what, that's what the priestly role is. Okay. There is a priesthood of believers. And here's the point I don't want us to miss. It's the prayers of the church. In the age of the church, the church age. It's our prayers that move God to accomplish his will in your life, in the life of your family, in the life of this class, in the life of your small group, in the lives of this church. Okay, so, so you can be a part of what God is doing in India by praying for Doug and Bethany. You can be a part of what God is doing in India by helping provide for them. You can support them financially. You get to be a part through the priesthood of believers. Okay. Jesus said, when, you know, when I return, paraphrased, but when I return, shall I find faith on the earth? How's the church doing? with the priestly ministry of intercessory prayer. How are you doing with the priestly ministry that God has given you as a steward of the church age in the area of intercessory prayer? Okay, so we can look at the church in general and say the church is doing horrible. Our society is really becoming degenerate. And then it's like, the but quiet voice, still small voice. It goes, hey, pastor, how are you doing? Praying for your community, praying for your country, praying for, and it's like, oh, I haven't really been praying for my neighbors like I should, right? God hears the prayers of his people when they're prayed according to his will. And God is not willing that any should perish. He wants us to pray for others. We know his will. We know his will for the lost. We know his will for the saved. We know his will for the church, and we get to be the ones God uses us. Okay, he hears our prayers. The problem is I also have over here my will for my life and for my family. And my plans, and they're all influenced and informed by all the different things that speak into my life, my fears, my insecurities, my doubts, my concerns, my, 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 you know, whatever, my retirement plan, like whatever it is, I've also got my plan over here. And Christians actually do pray. Who all got COVID and, and that helped your prayer life? Yeah. And we're just praying, oh, God, help me. God, help me. <laughs> I feel so bad. And God, help keep this from getting other people. And that's fine. We are supposed to pray that. The problem is, is we're not praying this very well. 
Okay, here's what here's what um here's what I'm saying. In your small groups, number one, consider your understanding of and the state of your personal priesthood. We have been given the job by God of intercessory prayer. And the reason our country is doing so bad and our churches in general, I'm not talking about our church, but in general, things are pretty lousy right now. It's like, well, where's God? It's like, well, where's the intercessory prayers? He moves on behalf of the prayers of his people. Okay, so number two, Midtown Baptist Temper prayer, prayer opportunities. Sunday morning at 1130 in the balcony. Just checking. See if you're paying attention. Good job. A.M. <laughs> I see Scott up there. I see Xander up there. Wagi gets up there. Oriama was up there. Today, we, I was up there praying for our services. And then weeping with them that weep. Someone going through it. And I got to be there and pray for and pray with and do that. It's a cool time. 8.30, Sunday morning to the balcony. You're invited. Tuesday night prayer is 7 p.m. on Tuesday nights. Come at 5.30 and eat with us. Now, this week, we're having a going away party for the Pearsons. So, um, do what? It's bittersweet. Like, we don't want you guys to go, and we do want you guys to go. And So... Um, Wednesday mornings from 11 to 12 is kind of our staff prayer meeting, we call it. It's corporate prayer. It's down in the basement. It's a smaller group, kind of fun sometimes. And then our living well class, small group. And, and if I could just envision you for a minute, okay? Number three, it's God's plan that we own this ministry together. It's God's plan that you pray for me in our small groups, and I pray for you in our small groups, and we pray for each other, spouses and kids and neighbors and coworkers and friends in these small groups. We're never meant to really just do this all on our own. We're supposed to do it together, okay? Well, what, what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to do that? And what I'm suggesting is, is you as a small group can decide we are going to be a functional intercessory prayer group as part of our time together on Sunday mornings in this small group. And it's a time, you, you, here's what you're going to need from a structural standpoint. You'll need someone who's kind of organized, okay, who can write down the group prayer requests and keep track. You'll need someone to be able to just lead and say, okay, now listen, hang on, before we get going, Let's go over our corporate prayer requests for our small group and living well class. And then you'll need the organized admin person. Okay, say, okay, hey, so this is what it would be like in my group. Hey, listen, okay, hang on. Before we do that, let's talk about our corporate prayer request. Christine, and she would have the list. She'd say, well, these are the things we've been covering. Okay, do, do we have any answers to those prayers yet? Yes, no, praises, continued prayers. And then we'd get new prayers and she would write those down. And we as a small group would own together the ministry, the priesthood of the, the, the ministry of intercessory prayer together. Because guess what? 
You're probably not going to get it done on your own. And God actually hears our prayers and answers our prayers. And if we're praying according to his will, we have what we ask. People have a free will. God's a gentleman. He's not going to override someone's free will. But you're not praying for him to override someone's free will. You're praying for the gospel to, 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 to pierce their heart. You're praying for eyes of understanding. You're praying for God to move on their behalf. You're praying for the, the destructive ways that they're, they're walking to, to come to a, a bitter end. And find you know they'll find those things unsatisfactory. You're praying according to God's word and God's ways. Does that make sense? So, so listen, we're going to break up into small groups, but I kind of want that to be, the, you need to cover that in your small groups. So whatever else you get covered and, you, you know, we need to pray for personal things. That's kind of one thing we're talking about, but make sure in your small groups, you get someone who can lead in this area and, and then someone who can be the admin in this area. And, and, and we can make that a regular part of our small groups. Does that sound good? Everybody in, in tune with that? Let's own this together. Let's not drop the ball. Um, okay, so Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. I thank you for this group and ask for your blessings. Lord, God, it's our heart to not just meet together and like do like our religious duty uh, of sitting through someone talking. God, we actually want to become functional. We want to become a functional unit of this body and, and Lord agents for your kingdom. And we know that you hear and answer prayer when we pray according to your word according to your will and god we just confess we we don't really do that like we should but we want to and so father would you enable us to do that through the structure of this class in our small groups we ask in jesus name amen if you're online you're a small group love you guys and then if you're new and you don't know what to do just sit tight and someone will grab you Uh, hello there, small group. Is that Phyllis at Praytel? And Keith? Yep, that's me. How are you? All right. We got Paulette here as well. Hi, Phyllis. Hi there, Paulette. Hi, Keith. Hi. Excuse me. Wow. Are you sick, Phyllis? Nope. I just got a uh, tickle in my throat. Oh, okay. All is well. It is well. That's good. What about you? Um, yeah, we're, we're okay. We're kind of snowed in. The roads aren't so great here. Oh, uh, no. I haven't taken my, I haven't cleaned my vehicle off. It's packed. It looks <laughs> yeah. like a big job, so I decided I wasn't going to do it right now. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty iced over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we park. We have to park on the street. You probably do too, don't you? Yeah, I'm in the drive, but it's the same thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I cleaned up our car yesterday because I was afraid that wet snow was going to freeze over. It freezed. Yeah. We we they cleaned up, but it looks not so good today. <laughs> I guess what, the last snowstorm, um, my scraper just snapped right in half. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. 
So luckily Walgreens was open and they have bread too. So keep it all in one. I like your new background, Keith. You know, I told you I'm always looking. Well, thank you. You're very uh, uh, sports conscious. Yeah. How's Boogie? Boogie's doing good. That's good. Today's her mother's birthday. Okay. So we're getting that. I should come, have her come up here and say hi to everyone. I'll call her. Is, is her mother still living there? With you guys? Yes, she, her, she, her last day is Friday. Oh, wow. She gets her COVID test Thursday, but she's been packed since Friday. <laughs> she's ready to go home. Why, woman? And I, and I keep teasing her that um, I'm going to take go into her closet and I'm going to throw all the clothes around so she has to repack everything. Oh, no. Where's your home? I'm, I'm over at Paseo uh, in uh, Cleaver or Brush Creek. You're, oh, she lives in Kansas City, Bookie's well, mother? Well, her home's in Nigeria. Yeah. Our home, our home is, is right there off of Brush Creek in, in Paseo. So she's going back to Nigeria? Yes. Where it's warm? Yes. <laughs> and no wonder she's packed up. Maybe we should all go with her. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yeah. You know, I could go down, open the door and have tell her to come down, but texting seems to be easier. Okay. Um, so does anybody have any prayer requests or? Yeah, Robert, uh, the neighbor, uh, he knows the Lord. I led him to the Lord some time ago. He uh, he had just really actually fallen away, but uh, with his illness, here's our, uh, he's got our long roof. We want to say hello. So, so he, he's been hospitalized and he was in uh, Bishop Spencer Place for rehab. Then they sent him. Hospitalized and he's in rehab. And then I sent him home. So he, he's got like eight steps. He's got to climb and he's on a walker. So he's pretty much confined to the house except for appointments. So his brother goes and helps him so far. And he's on therapy. And they change his med for his cancer. Is that helping at all? Not really. They're doing experimental stuff. They're changing him to some type of a radio, I'm trying to think of what it's called. A radioactive thing? Yeah, medication. Okay. Hold on for a minute. Yeah, they're giving him a radioactive well, I forget what you call it. Radiation by infusion. Okay. Yeah. What what kind of cancer does he have? Prostate. Okay. 
I'm gonna have to step away, you all. I'll see you next time. I'm sorry, but something just came up. Okay, all right. Bye, Bruce. Blessings. blessings. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Go. Are you still here, Keith? I am, until I get a phone call. It's been kind of slow today. So do you have any prayer requests? Uh, the only one I would be, just that Stella has Cookie's mom. Won't be terribly upset with the cold because she doesn't really go out. Uh, so she takes off to Chicago and then from Chicago goes out to Nigeria. So they give me pretty brutal on the train ride. She's going on a train to Chicago? Yeah, she's training to Chicago and flying out from Chicago to Nigeria. Okay. A nice warm place, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I lived in Chicago for a long time. Mm. Oh. <laughs> my uh, the trains and stuff for when to when huh from when to when were you in chicago i my parents moved there when i was six and i hmm. moved there uh, all the way up until col through college okay. I, so yeah i'm very familiar with chicago we live near oh here actually hmm. okay so when was the last time you were up there? Um, well, last time I was up there, my parents died. Um, mm. What years were Sorry about that. Um, my dad died in 16. 2016. And my mom, 2019. Mm. Still there. I haven't, I haven't been back since then just because of the stupid COVID stuff. Mm. But, I mean, I still keep in contact with her. Uh, yeah. And my brother's there too. We were there in 2019 to visit family. So we took a trip to Chicago, to Detroit, Michigan, to Chicago. Chicago. And went to the, to the Wisconsin Zoo. Wisconsin Museum. Oh, okay. Museum. Zoo. The zoo. And you went to the Brookfield Zoo. Brookfield Zoo? Yeah. The, 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 the Wisconsin Zoo, or the Milwaukee Zoo, I guess. Oh, Milwaukee. Were you there yeah. in the summertime? Yeah, we were there like in July. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Chicago has a very uh, bitter cold because they don't have humidity like we do. So mm. when it's cold there, it's like bitter. Mm. Um, you know, we have humidity to our cold, and it helps. Mm -hmm. It's not So yeah, tell your uh, mother-in-law to make sure to dress warmly. Oh yeah, my mother got her a, a, a chief shirt. So she has a sweatshirt now, but who knows what she's going to do with it when she gets to Nigeria. Yeah, well, I hope she has a warm winter coat also and a hat. We're getting her one. Gloves. I had, I had an old one and she, re, Buki rejected because she thought it was too big. Oh. And I went out thrift store shopping. I didn't find anything. Um, is your wife able to go to the church while you're working? She's your wife. Your wife's home today, right? She's home today. Last week she was working. So she'll go when I'm not there. 
alone to, to every once in a while, but mostly she just we just stay and watch the TV because of all that, all the people getting COVID and stuff. We just sit there and try to mask up, but then we just say, eh, we'll just stay at home. I forgot what hospital your wife worked at. KU. Oh, okay. she is going out for quality assurance, which would be a promotion for the instruments. And she had her first interview last week and they talked to her for, for about an hour and a half, but didn't really go through all the interview questions. They're just telling her how it's gonna be. And she's got her next interview next Monday because she's staying, she'll be home this weekend. I mean, Bookie will be home this week. She's trying to do quality assurance at KU? Yes. For, met, for the- uh, Sterilization uh, department. Okay. And they really like her, so she feel, there's a lot of comfort there. Mm -hmm. So it's just the process of having, it, having yeah. to do it getting done, so. Okay, we'll have to pray for that. Are you getting a phone call? Not yet. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've, been on hold. I've been on hold for uh, about 15 minutes now. And I've only taken like four calls today. That's kind of unusual. Is that because nobody's going out? No one's calling in. I got, huh. I'm just waiting for them to do something. And then they call in something minor. So. I've actually got to listen to a lot <laughs> to Chris. So. New concept for me is the idea that we're priesthood. What do you what do you call it? Shared priest? What do you call that? I'm gonna look a up. royal priesthood. I think it's called. Uh, it's called personal personal priesthood. I guess that's what it's on the on the sheet. This wife is busy. It's a personal priest. Is that on the sheet? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, uh, the the believer uh, uh, can act like uh, we we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That we should show forth the praises of God. Mm -hmm. But so, I, it's just really weird for me to cap that in because I always figured that there's got to be some kind of priesthood authority that can baptize you. Because I can't go and take people over here to the creek and baptize them for someone to recognize the, the legitimacy. Well, I think there are lay people that can baptize people. I mean, there are lay people that do baptize people. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think that's not against the scriptures. Right. Right. But it gets very dicey when you're in America. Mm -hmm. And all I have to do is get three or four people to acknowledge me as a, as a guru. And I'm a guru. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. The uh, Apostle Philip uh, baptized the Ethiopian. The Ethiopian guy, uh, and nobody else was around from the church. <laughs> I, I can see, I, I know what you're saying, but I think it's like most of the time when uh, people baptize, it's done within the context of the church. And so then it's recognized. 
Right. And that's what I'm saying. Sometimes you can get some wayward souls because the way America works, there's no official religion. And if you recognize me as, as a guru of something, then I'm the yeah. guru of something. I don't have to position anything for the state for me to tell you something or what I can't tell you. But if I'm a doctor or a nurse, there are certain limits of what I can tell you as a nurse and what I can tell you as a friend. I think that the thing is um, that person has to come to an understanding of God's word. And so if he was understanding God's word and got saved, then he would understand the context that you could, that you were baptizing them, you know, as opposed to somebody on the street that doesn't understand the context. Yeah. Because like, you know, in, in the church we were in before, Bill actually baptized our children, but it was in the context of the church and the, and the, uh, it, was, it was under the authority of our elders. elders. Yeah. So, I mean, he actually did the baptism, but it was in the context that the, uh, our elders were there. And, yeah, the whole church was there. And the church was there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 1 Peter 2.9 is, uh, but ye are chosen generation of royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar, peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called us uh, out of darkness into his marvelous light. So... Um, you know, it, it, actually, if you compare that with physical birth, there's people around for physical birth, uh, and, and then for spiritual birth, um, uh, it gets gets to be recognized by other people. But th this is uh, pretty good. Okay. The, the uh, 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 Old Testament priesthood, he was the one who uh, brought sacrifices uh, on behalf, he uh, accomplished the sacrifices on behalf of the people. But uh, of course, Jesus is uh, the high priest uh, who uh, brought the uh, ultimate sacrifice for his people, but then those who are born again, who are growing Christians, we are a royal priesthood where we bring Jesus to other people. We show forth the praises of, of him, Jesus who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. But anyway. <laughs> uh, um, maybe we should we, maybe we should pray because I, I don't know when to cut us off. Um, yeah. So we're, we're praying for Robert, Phyllis's friend. I mean, she's talked okay. about for a long time. Um, he, I mean, he has to get up some stairs, but also he's going through radiation for prostate cancer. Okay. I think he's been having this cancer for a long time. And then uh, we'll pray for um, Bookie's mom to have a yes. safe... Because... She speaks English, does she not? Not very much, but her brother's, but Bookie's brother's coming to take her to back to Nigeria, so she's not traveling alone. Okay, that's good. <clears throat> I was going to say, um, O'Hare Airport is not friendly. Uh, <laughs> which way to go? They pointed up to the sign and said, read the sign. Really. Uh, and uh, and it's a very, it can be very confusing there. And they changed, 
make sure you tell her brother. Well, is his brother living in Chicago? Her brother? No, she's he's like about two miles away from us. Okay, make sure you tell him. This is what uh, what O'Hare Airport does continuously. I've flown in and out of there. They change the gates and they don't tell you. <laughs> so you make sure to watch those gate changes yourself because you know one day. I was there, they changed the gate, they didn't tell us. My flight was in the basement, way across the terminal where they changed it. And then the lady who was waiting in the basement for her flight was supposed to come up to the gate I was at. Mm. And nobody told anybody. Anyway. Yeah, so just mention that to him that he needs to be very careful about that. Yeah. You need to watch those things. Oh, and here's the busiest and the messiest. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we, uh, gracious Father, we thank you for uh, uh, calling us to uh, be your uh, chosen generation, your royal priesthood, and so forth. Lord, we do uh, lift up these needs for Vicky's, who is it, a mom, wow. mom uh, and some uh, physical needs that uh, needs attention. Uh, we uh, pray that you would be glorified in um, providing this for uh, your children. I just, um, yeah, I do pray, Lord, for Bookie's mom that she would have safe travel to Chicago, that she would be able to get some warm clothing for the trip. Um, and Father, that you would just um, um, help her in the airport and in all the changes of flights that mm -hmm. you would protect her. We pray for Robert, Lord. Um, just pray for his healing. I, I know he's been fighting his cancer for a long time. Yeah. I pray that the radiation would work and that he would um, be rehabbed as where he could walk. And then we pray for Bookie, Lord, uh, for this job that she's uh, applying for. I pray, Lord, for your mercy upon her and that the people would look favorably upon her talents and her experience. And I just pray, Lord, that she would be able to change jobs. I know how hard it is to work in the instrument um, department. And I just pray that you would bless her in this way. We thank you we can come before you like this, uh, where we uh, can cast all our cares upon you and not be anxious, but then that uh, you would, uh, your peace would come to our, our hearts and minds. Uh, so we thank you that, for that in Christ's name. Mm -hmm. Well, it was. You know, the, those Salvation Army stores and Save stores, they probably have coats there that are. Yeah. I need to go out there. I just went to the one up here on, on uh, Truston, 39th Street. And before, Major Thrift was a really good store, and they moved that out. <clears throat> so they got to go out here to clear out the Gladstone or. We. Or I, park. Uh, the Save Store and the Salvation Army up in um, was it Gladstone? Yeah, in Gladstone area, they're they're a lot better. They're more stuff. Yeah, they have more stuff. The one on Truce, we brought stuff there. They're very disorganized and it's mm. you know it's not set up well. But the stores in Gladstone, like the Save Store, what street is that on? Uh, North Broadway. North uh, Broadway. Near Berry Road. Near Berry Road. That has a lot of stuff. And then the Salvation Army up there has a lot of stuff, too. Cool. Because I know there used to be a, um, on 39th, right where that Spiritual Learning Center is, or by Loretto, 
there used to be a thrift store there and they've been gone for years. Oh, I got books that were good. Yeah, I used to go to that major thrift, but I yeah, I don't know what happened to it. But what size is your mother-in-law take? She's probably about a medium to a small. Medium to a small. It's her mom. I was looking for a coat. Oh. You're not small, are you? <laughs> um, I have this one coat, but I don't know how warm it would be, you know. Um, but she definitely needs a hat and gloves. Oh, yeah, we got that for already. And yeah, we've introduced her to the tacos for the first time since you, when she came here on our visit. Mm -hmm. So, and we took her to Rudy's. Um, we should take her to Gates. We'll see how much we can push her to do that. Or just bring some back because Gates is just, <laughs> just a hop, skip, and a jump. Oh, it's one of the things I like in the area because you go down Brush Creek, you don't have to get on the on the uh, Cleaver Drive and with that construction mess. Oh, yeah. And I also learned that McDonald's down there, they don't charge the extra for my espresso shots. So I come away with a $2 drink rather than a $6 drink. So. Yeah, really? Because yeah. where are you living now? We're the sale. We're like I'm. I'm. A, I'm in East Plaza, but so if I'm in, you're on Paseo, so I'm right across with with Brush Creek, and then after Brush Creek is uh, Cleaver, which takes you over into the Plaza if you go west, and then yeah. one if you go, and then if you go one block south, then you're right there. What used to be Blue Blue something Road, now it's Martin Luther King Road. Oh yeah. Takes you out. Takes you out to the barbecue places over that way too, and to Raytown. So you're after the after Brush Creek and the Plaza on for sale. I yeah, I'm on for sale. Hey we're dismissing, so we love you. We'll see you next week. Bye. Okay, thank you. You bet. Forty fifth for sale. Okay. We we drive on for sale a lot. Oh, okay, well stop by and see us, or you've looked at my house or my townhome. <laughs> Um, All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you too. Good work, guys. Hello. Thanks for choosing Sprint. Now part of T-Mobile. My name is Keith. Ooh, I had a pleasure. Uh, uh, I watch yeah, the Chiefs game after it's played. He's done. Bye bye. Okay. Okay. He's on the phone. Yeah.